And all people come up after and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a small business. How do I start? And I'm like, you just push the button. I mean, hello. Hey, welcome back. Leading Matters. I don't know what number episode this is. Lost count, to tell you the truth. Actually, that's not true. I know what I'm on today, but I don't know in what order I release them in. So let's suppose it's in the 60s-ish, okay? And you are in for a treat because my guest today is Ursula Ringham. She is a director of digital marketing at SAP. And I'm, I'm really tempted to kind of frame this episode for you like I typically do, but I don't want to do that because it's such a great story that I want you to kind of go into it without any spoilers, if you will. So uh, what I can tell you is she is working at SAP, which is one of the largest, if not the largest software company in literally the world, and she's getting some incredible things done by listening to the people that are the stakeholders in her work, by paying attention to what's happening in the industry, and by being a little bit of, uh, being a little bit fearless, if you will, in trying out new and innovative ways to approach and communicate to her marketplace. She's great at it. I, she's great at it. She's a tireless tactician. She knows how to connect the strategy to her tactics. She is clearly uh, a hustler and trying to get things done in a very high clip and a high degree of integrity. And you're going to love it. You're going to walk away from this episode with motivation and inspiration, I promise you. So let's get into it. My interview with Ursula Ringham. My guest today is an amazing digital marketer, a native to Silicon Valley. She began her career at Adobe Systems and Apple. Currently, she is a director of digital marketing at Global Software Titan SAP. So yeah, you could say that she's got some very serious experience under her belt. At SAP, she manages every social channel that you can think of, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and on. She caught my eye in 2016 when she introduced live video to some of SAP's largest customer events, including their gigantic annual Sapphire Now conference. She is Ursula Ringham, and I am absolutely thrilled to have her with me today on Leading Matters. Ursula, thanks so much for being with me. Joel, wow, what an introduction. Thank you for having me. Uh, listen, the pleasure is, is seriously mine. I, I, I've been wanting to chat with you for a while. I guess we, we come to know each other through Daniel Newman and, and Brian Fanzo, because I know that uh, some of your live video uh, stuff that you had going on was having those guys come and, and do their thing at some of your events. And that's when I really started to pay attention. I was like, wow, I, I actually used to work. I'm not sure if I told you this when we, we first exchanged emails, but I worked at SAP for about three, four years. And I know what ah. a big organization it is. Sure. And I know how hard it is to get some of these things done. So what I'd like to do, Ursula, is I want to set context for my audience. So help help my audience understand, you know, obviously what you do, but also the complexities of an SAP, because not many people work for a gigantic company like SAP. No, they don't. And um, just a little bit of background so the audience knows. You know, I did work at these big companies, um, Apple and, and Adobe, but I did take time off and I was at home. And so my story is interesting in that I had to kind of reinvent myself and come to SAP. And um, at the time, I was doing some contract work, uh, customer success stories and doing some marketing and recruiting. And I had a friend at SAP who said, could you write some customer success stories? And so that was kind of my foot in the door with SAP and also back to a career in high tech after I'd taken about five years off. And this was um, about five years ago, by the way. And so I think with, you know, big, large companies, you kind of just have to make your inroads. You have to network and you have to really understand the DNA of the organization you're in 
and the stakeholders. And for me, um, I started writing customer success stories in a global organization that had social media and digital marketing. And I kind of just was like a fly in the wall. And they treated me like a full-time employee, even though I was a contractor. Sure. And eventually, my VP looked at my background and said, wait a second, <laughs> you've been, you worked at Adobe and Apple, and you know, what are you doing? And I was just, you know, at the time, I was just kind of making my way back in. And she said, would you want to manage our social media channels? And this is for the small and mid-sized um, business side of the company. Yes. And I said, absolutely. And so what you have to do in that situation is I had to research everything about the network of my stakeholders. Yes. And that's the biggest thing is you can't just say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this and hopefully someone will like it. But then besides doing that, you have to research the trends. What's out there? What's yeah. hot? What's not? What are other colleagues in social media at the at the um, at your company doing? And that's kind of I think the backbone of working within a large organization is under truly understanding what your stakeholders want, you know, and then making them shine. And that's how I started. Where I think this was almost four years ago um, when I took over the account, I came up with an internal program called Amp It Up. And let's be honest. In big corporations, they all like when you brand a program. Sure, sure. They like the name, Absolutely, Amp It Up. Yep. And the concept was, hey, let's use our kind of internal stakeholders as thought leaders. Let's create these really cool blogs. Let's um, amplify them through our different properties, web properties, and then use social media to get the word out. And they liked that idea because it was a unified voice of all these stakeholders. And so I made our stakeholders look good because now they're blogging which three, four years ago, that was a big thing. Sure. You gotta get out there and blog. And it was all around you know, the messaging. What is the messaging that we are trying to communicate with our audience? So I think you know, that's kind of the first thing is, you know, how do you work within a large organization is you have to understand the DNA. You have to understand you know, the wants and needs of your stakeholders. And then a little of it, you have to just be like, not have any fear. Yeah. You know, I always say to, um, you know, to some of the people I mentor, don't let fear decide your future. And as long as you're confident and you know what is the right thing to do and you can have the research to back it up, propose it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. As I could just, it kind of brings me back. Because first of all, my experience there is one of the best places to work, I always thought, SAP. Because it, it's, it's such... It's the secret. Don't tell anyone. It's a big <laughs> yeah, secret. Absolutely. Because it is such, like, it is such an empowering, it's this huge, you know, company, but it's such an empowering culture right where you are free to succeed as far as you want to and all you really have to do is do the work and, and connect with the right people and I, I want to examine that a little bit right because I've been on my own for about a year and a half now and it was almost a shock to my system when I realized wow this is a different type of networking where you really have as you know running your own business you really have to be out and about and you have to connect with people continuously I mean, that's how your business kind of lives or dies right and for a while, I was struggling with it. And even as you're just talking about it now, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm doing now is exactly what I did, but just within the, the cocoon of, of, of <laughs> SAP, this large software company. So talk about that a little bit, this, this idea of having to go find the stakeholders and who they are and what they care about and you know what value you could bring to them, how they can complement what you're doing. Because that, listen, I because I think it is applicable. It's applicable to every level of leadership, no matter how big your company is or how small it is, right? And I, I always kind of thought to myself, wow, this is like a cauldron of leadership development in SAP, right? So now that I have you and you are in that cauldron, <laughs> why don't you share that with my audience, some of the, the nuance of having to do that sort of networking? 
Yeah, it is interesting. And I think um, it's partially personality, partially part of my um, my career in that I took time off where, you know, coming back, I wanted to make an impact and I didn't have fear. I'm someone that I do respect titles and I do respect hierarchy, but it doesn't make I'm not afraid of it. Um, I think when I came into the company at SAP, I was someone that I would go to our SVP and say, hey, I've got this great idea. And everyone's like, wait, you know, that's the SVP. I'm like, well, yeah, I've got a great idea that's going to help him and make him look good. <laughs> sure. and, and mind you, I would make sure that my direct, you know, people I report to knew I was going to do this. But you have to take a chance. And I think that sometimes your stakeholders are impressed when you bring a great idea to them. And mind you, as I stated before, I do all the research ahead of time. So I'm not just presenting some floozy idea. Yeah. It's got a backing. It's got a call to action. It's trying to relate to pipeline or, you know, in my case, it's more building awareness. And at the time, like how many views we can get on this blog or this video. But um, I think that that is something that a lot of people have fear with. And sometimes I think women are like that um, in general. And I've just never been like that. I'm an extrovert. Um, my VP always tells me, I, Ursula, you completely color outside the lines, but we love it. And, um, and you have to, you know, you have to earn trust and respect. And that's what I've done at SAP over the last four years or almost five years is with all the great work I do, I make sure that I collaborate with a lot of different teams. Um, you know, sometimes there's some teams you're like, oh my gosh, I have to work with them. But you know what? <laughs> sure. If you want to get something done, you have yep. to include people. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing with large corporations is that um, they are, it's always a statement of like, don't be in your silo. You're working on your own. And that is kind of true. Um, and I'm totally in agreement that, you know, to have a successful business, you have to collaborate within all the different teams. And some of the things we might talk about later, what I'm doing, like with live video, I'm having so much fun and I want other teams to start doing it. Yeah. And so I'm out there freely available. Hey, I will help you. I'll show you how to get started. And they're like, wow, why do you want to do that? And I'm not looking at it as self-serving. I'm looking at it as like, this is what the company needs to do. Yeah. It's fun. It's innovative. And the other thing is SAP is a stereotype that we're this big, clunky dinosaur. I mean, you know, you sure, work there, Joel. Sure. <laughs> and I'm trying to show that we're innovative and different just like everyone else. And we can disrupt disrupt traditional marketing. Well, listen, that, that and again, that's a big reason why I wanted you on the show. Because when I saw, and, and for my audience's sake, I've had Daniel and Brian both on the show. And <laughs> if you don't know them, you should go listen to those episodes and check out their work. Because they both leverage live video very well. And I fa I was so fascinated because I, I'll tell you I could tell look I'm going to tell you the benefit of the story here. It was probably Sapphire 2016. I was I work out of the house. I'm in my home office and I just check in with with you know what's going on and you know you make it a habit a half an hour a day I'll cruise different things and lo and behold there's Daniel Newman speaking at Sapphire. I was like wow what I I didn't really connect the two. I didn't really see him at an event like that. And then I saw the live uh, video feed that he and Brian were doing there. Then I kind of did some research and saw that you had had them at your big Super Bowl event. And then I was like, I have to find out I, between you and me. I'm like, I, one of the reasons I had Daniel on the show was like, I want to find out how, how did you make that happen? Like, obviously SAP is your client. I want to know who the woman was or the person was or the man was at SAP to make that happen. And lo and behold, it was you, right? Because <laughs> that's a big deal. Like when I saw that, Ursula, like, and, and listen, here's the question because there's a question buried in here, right? When I saw that, I, I know what the inner workings of, of, uh, 
of an SAP, and that's not an easy, easy task, right? Live video is risky. A lot of leaders have a lot of trepidation around it. They don't understand the payoff. They're fearful of what could go wrong, and on and on. Oh, by the way, there's a technical aspect they might not you know, have be comfortable with. So talk me through that story. How did you end up making it so that you were able to get uh, the buy-in on doing live video at some of your very large customer events? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it is an interesting story. So first of all, I kind of have to back up and explain that um, our CMO at the time, Maggie Chan Jones, she was um, just came in as CMO a couple years ago. And she, on her all hands, said, we need to be innovators. We need to do things differently. And I think it's interesting because, um, and not to put down Apple in any way, because Apple was where the training wheels came off and I really learned, you know, about high tech and marketing. But at Apple, everything has to be perfect. I mean, perfect. You know, I was involved with Steve Jobs' keynotes and everything had to be just perfect. At SAP, it's not a matter of perfect. I mean, the quality is there. But, you know, let's let's try to innovate. And it's lessons learned. It's not failures. It's lessons learned because, you know, we're professionals. We do the research. We're not going to totally fail and flop. You know, for example, with the Super Bowl, I brought in Brian and Dan because I knew they knew their shit with, excuse me for saying that, but they knew their stuff with, sure. you know, live streaming. So I'm going to do my research and bring the right people in. And knowing that from above, our CMO saying to us, we need to be innovators and we need to try things, you know, because you got to try fast, right? You might fail fast, but keep trying sure. and something will stick. And so kind of with that backing and then knowing that um, my stakeholders really enjoyed all the work I had to be doing. I mean, we were one of the first ones in the company doing tweet chats. This mm -hmm. was like four years ago yeah. when the tweet chats were really big. Yep. And what I did was I brought in an influencer. There's a great influencer, Brian Moran, who is a big um, uh, influencer for the small and mid-sized business community. And I brought him in and we did like 12 tweet chats. And the you know my stakeholders were like, oh my gosh, this is innovative. This is different. And, and so along with that, um, probably at the beginning of 2006, 2000, I'm getting all the years mixed up because I've worked with these guys for so long. <laughs> beginning of 2015 is when like Meerkat and Periscope really took off. And I was at Social Media Marketing World when it happened and I bumped into Brian. And I had been following him. And I think that's an important thing is no matter what job you're in, you have to be in it. Yeah. So it's not just managing social channels, it's being in it, it's communicating, it's being in the tweet chats, it's engaging with all of the thought leaders like yourself, it's engaging with people, and I was one of those people. And so not that I have a huge social presence, but I have almost 6,000 followers on Twitter, and you know, Facebook, I'm now a verified account because of the work I do with Facebook Live, but I'm out there doing it. And so when I come to my stakeholders with, from what Maggie Chan Jones, our CMO, is saying, hey, let's innovate, I do the research, I bring in the experts that know this stuff, um, and then I'm in it myself going, this is where we need to go, this is the direction, look at the examples, look who's, who else is out there doing it, plus, what are our competitors doing? Because yeah. you know, SAP, we want to stay ahead of competitors, and if we can do things that competitors are not, that's a big win for us. So combine all of those and just going to the right stakeholders that over the years I had built up trust. I had built up, you know, cred with them that Ursula gets shit done, yep. that she, you know, really performs. And um, you combine all of that and the beauty, I have to tell you, with the Super Bowl, I did not have budget for that. And what I did is I thought back, okay, 
how can we get this paid for? Hmm, end of the year, partners want to get involved in this, right? Because we yep. want to get our partners and customers. Yep. They need to use up their MDF, <laughs> right? Yep. And so you have to think out of the box. So tell, tell my audience what MDF is. They're, I'm not going to know the acronym. Yeah. Jeez, um, um, you're putting me on the Spartan here. Um, <laughs> market, I'm like, marketing dollars, funds. It's uh, basically the dollars that they yeah. have to spend yeah. as part of the partnership program, right? I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, you put me on the spot I'm there for sorry. a second. Got <laughs> tongue twisted. Um, but you know, you you have to always think out of the box with what you're doing. And I'm someone that I don't like to hear the word no. I mean, unless you know, obviously there's a reason for sure, it. But sure. let's try to let's try to fix this problem. You know, if you're like, oh, we don't have the budget, well, let's go find it. And I had other stakeholders that are like, wow, Ursula, I really think this is cool. It's innovative. I want in. I so, want so to get the, my part. Let me talk about that a little bit. Were they excited yeah. about the idea? I mean, when you pitched it to the partners to spend some of their dollars in this direction, right? I mean, was it, did, did you have to persuade them or were they, they on it right away? Um, they were very excited. So just for your audience, a little background here. Um, SAP had a, uh, we were a sponsor of the Super Bowl 50. And uh, we were given an opportunity to have um, in Super Bowl City up in San Francisco, the week leading up to the Super Bowl, we had a huge area there, just like other name brands, Intel, you know, I mean, CBS. I mean, they had so many different, you know, sponsors there. And my idea was, why don't we do some live streaming from Super Bowl City around how SAP and our partners are the digital leaders or the Oh, you're putting me on the spot again. Are the, <laughs> are the, I can't remember, uh, like the collaborators in the digital transformation of businesses, right? How we're collaborating together. And so the idea was like four times a day, we were going to live stream um, content. And this is all around just digital transformation. So it's like using the cloud, whatever. And we teamed up with big partners. So you had like a Capgemini, um, you had Intelligence, um, we had a small business section there. Yep. But it was like four partners. And the thing is, at the time, no one had been doing this at events. I mean, this is kind of special and unique. And I put together a package of how much it would cost using our influencers. And, you know, and I think with the partners, they were looking at this like, I mean, to be honest, um, they were going to pay less than doing a paid social campaign on a piece of content they had. Yeah, yeah. And so when you look at that, they're like, well, let's try it, right? Let's, let's try this out. Because this is just another way of building awareness and you know, the idea was that they would live stream and at the end of the live stream, there's a call to action and it went to a partner's landing page and people can get more information and they could get leads. And so the interesting thing was how technology moves so fast. We were using the Blab platform <laughs> uh, because Facebook Live was not oh, readily yeah. available. Wow, you're right. I didn't think about that. And Blab was a fabulous platform in the sense of you had holding rooms, people could sign up to attend. And I remember at one time, I was looking at the stats of how many live views we had. Mind you, it was a little bit different than Facebook where live views, you might just get someone for three seconds. These were like engaged people that were on there for, you know, 10 minutes at a time. And we had like 700 live views. And I was like, wow. And mind you, you know, we didn't put paid um, social on it, paid support on it. Um, And this was just through, you know, influencers and using our social media channels because we engaged with a lot of the channels. It just wasn't mine. Yeah, It was bigger SAP. It was different channels. And so anyhow, I think I got off topic on what you're asking me. No, but- I, well, I asked how you made that happen. I think you're telling the story quite well, right? Because there's so much. I mean, you, you there's so much to unpack, right? I mean, you talked about finding the budget dollars. You talked about the, the leadership call, the call from your leadership to, to be innovative. You talked about the technology itself and then also the, the payoff for, or for the partners and 
and the volume, right? Because I think, listen, Ursula, like what I love about how you're approaching it is that it's nimble, which is, and so now I always say, and I think I've written about it a couple of times, uh, using your example, if SAP could pull this off, you know, surely your, your, your 20 person firm should have no problem pulling it off because it's not rocket science, right? The technology isn't like hard to use, right? Uh, but what, why do you think people, I mean, this is more of a, more of an esoteric question maybe, but what do you think holds people back from capitalizing on all these media options that they have in front of them? Is it, is it that they don't know how to get started? Is it that there's too many options? They don't know what to say? I mean, I, I mean, I have my own thoughts on it, but I'm really curious as a very well-oiled machine that you've kind of built around <laughs> what you're doing there. How, how, like, you know, what is it? What do you think it is? I think it's a combination of things. I think definitely fear is the first thing, but then also just how do I even get started? And, you know, I'm kind of making the circuit now of going and talking at different events and all people come up after and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a small business. How do I start? And I'm like, you just push the button. I mean, hello. But the thing is you have to understand is you got to have a content strategy behind it. Yeah. And I can't remember who said this or where I heard it, but like content is the currency of engagement and you have to have interesting content. So you don't want to just be like, hey, I've got my iPad, my iPhone. I'm going to push the button and go live on Facebook. What are you going to talk about? Yep. Who's going to watch you? And you have to put together just a content strategy of what you're going to be sharing. And for our audience, the thing that resonates the most is customer stories. People want to relate yes. with another business that is just like them. And so like what we kind of evolved this into is I was um, the last year hosting a live streaming show, weekly show. We're right now in hiatus, but we're getting ready to launch it again in the fall. And our best engagement was when we brought a customer on. And guess what? We don't say, hey, it's SAP. We say, hey, here's this um, company. Here was their business challenge. And we go in detail about talking about it. What was happening? You know, you were trying to grow, scale, blah, blah, blah. And then we insert, and by the way, how did you make this all happen? Oh, we use SAP products. So we don't like to come out and hit you over the head. It's more, yeah. let's just tell the story. It's like, of I know, this. by the way, right? Like, oh, by the way, yeah. we're using, yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that resonates best with us. So I'd say for anyone, it's the fear. You just got to try it. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Probably no one will watch it, but you at least did it, yeah. right? You yeah. don't have to put paid social on it. But I'd say focus on the content. Like I was talking to some small business owners at Social Media Marketing World, and one of them was like a, um, what was it, their dermatology, um, uh, whatever. It's kind of like proactive, but um, a cheaper version of it. Sure, sure. And I said, hey, what you guys should do is like a weekly show with one of your dermatologists where you do a live stream. People can interact and ask questions about their you know, dermatology, you know, whatever questions. And they're like, wait, what? Really? And I said, why not? Why wouldn't you do something like that? And the beauty of like live video, which a lot of people don't understand, you can create so much evergreen content. So what you yes. can do now is you have the live video and then you have the video replay. You can strip the audio from that, create a podcast. You can then create a blog about your show right there, three pieces of content, and then you can reference the video and the audio podcast in your blog. Yeah. And yeah. people are like, Wait, what? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I know you 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 do that with your content. I wanted to actually get into that. I'm glad you brought it up, right? Because the 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 invent the initial investment that you're making, and I love that you talked about having the story to tell and having an editorial approach, right? Because I think that's almost where the mismatch is, right? That all of a sudden that. Look, I, I've been doing this for quite a while. I mean, I've I worked at SAP in the early <laughs> thousands, you know. Yep. So, 
you know, if, if somebody told me in like 2003 when I first got to SAP that I could own a slice of media, like I could own my entire slice of media, print and visual and audio and, and video, and all I had to do was like come up with like an editorial approach, I would have like, I would have been all over that, right? Yeah. So I love that you're saying, listen, if you make this investment, let's say it goes south and nobody watches and maybe it's a horrible, you know, first try, right? But I guarantee the topic is, is hidden in there somewhere. So yep. what do you, I mean, what is it that, that you're doing to, you know, with specificity on, hey, how do I evergreen this content? How do I get more for the investment so that it's it's constantly hitting my my message? It reinforces what, the story we're trying to tell. It engages people. It gets people raising their hands. Maybe the, the, the sales team will start to use it more. I mean, what is it? What's the approach? Because I found that, that the tactical execution is where people fall down a lot. Like they want to be able to do that, but they just don't know how to order it or how to approach it or how to prioritize it. You know what? You bring up an excellent point. Um, maybe it's my background that on the side I like to write. I love to be a storyteller, but then I'm someone who I go all in with execution um, I'm very good at like event planning, believe it or not. And so you need to have kind of a combination of different skills. Um, and gosh, it's it's just, it's a very hard topic of like, how do you execute? Because that's the biggest thing. You can have this great idea, but if you can't execute it, no one's going to ever hear that story. And so um, you have to uh, align yourself with people. So I'll give you a great example. Um there was a, uh, gosh, like two years ago, we were doing the blabs and tweet chats, and there was this person that kept popping up in our conversations and on social media. And I'm looking at his name. I'm like, wow, this is someone from SAP. Who is this? And so I'm watching and just realizing this guy is participating all the time. Well, then lo and behold, I get a phone call, and it's this guy, Ryan Sonnenberg. And he's like, I love what you're doing. You know, he's this 24-year-old guy. He's in kind of like the sales side of things, but he wants to transition to marketing. And he's like, I'd like to help you out in any way I can. And this is kind of like a side thing for him. This is not his primary role, but he's like, I'll put the effort in. And so why I bring up that story is you need to align yourself with people that can help execute. And this guy now, he and I are involved in a, um, a uh, I, we haven't even announced it yet but I'll, I'll talk in uh, terms that I guess I can share, is we're traveling around the United States interviewing customers on kind of this road show. It's like a buddy thing. I'm the, uh, he's the millennial, I'm the millennial mindset, <laughs> and there's going to be a social live component I of it. I love it. And it's something that we haven't seen out there. Like, let's try it. So you have to align yourself with people that, you know, he can take on some shoulders, some of the responsibility. And I think the tough thing, though, to talk about execution, and you know this, SAP runs very lean. I don't have a huge team of people, mm -hmm. but I cross collaborate. So this guy, Ryan, he's not on my team. He doesn't report to me, but I'm cross collaborating. And I do that with a lot of people. And so I align myself with people that I know can do the work. And then we kind of execute on each part. Now, mind you, we do employ like a, um, an agency to help with like the video production because, you know, it's Ursula holding an iPhone. No, that quality doesn't look good. So now we, you know, we have, um, we've gotten a little bit more budget so we can, hire some people to help, but I am kind of the principal person behind the whole strategy of the content and, you know, what we're doing. Gosh, I take a deep breath because I'm like, wow, I do a lot, yeah. but um, I don't know if that exactly answered your question. Well, but no, it does, right, because you're talking about maybe, you know, getting some extra hands to, to execute. Yeah. It's one thing I always tell my clients, look, I don't care how big or small the company is, there is, you know, if you've got 100 people on staff, there's at least 2% of them 
you know, two, two to five percent of them that can create, that look good in front of a camera, that can write. Uh, and that's on the low end, right? I think it's probably higher towards like yeah. 10%, right? You have to find out who those people are, right? And But do you think that it's a, because I like you, you mentioned earlier your uh, former CMO's call to uh, be innovative, right? What I found is that if, if leadership doesn't make it a priority to do these things, if they're not saying, yeah, producing and telling our story is going to be thing that matters to us, if, if that doesn't matter to leadership, I find that it never gets done. Has that, that been your experience? Um, experience in other situations. I mean, at SAP, maybe I'm just lucky with my stakeholders and, and where I am and how I position myself. But you're absolutely right. There are other parts of the organization that people are like, Ursula, can you please come work for us or in our group so we can do cool stuff? Because my management doesn't, you know, believe in it or whatever it is. And mind you, that's why in big companies, you're going to have that. I mean, we've got 85,000 people, you're not going to have everyone that's rah, rah, let's do this. They're looking at their bottom line. But mind you, I'm in a marketing organization and my thing is all about awareness building and consideration. And, you know, I'm not in sales. I'm not tied directly to pipeline, even though that is an area that we are definitely um, investigating on how we can like affect that and really show our worth. Sure. So I think it's, um, it depends, you know, as I said before, it's not, I wouldn't say it's so much luck. It's I've aligned myself and I've gained the trust and respect. Yeah. Now that, that that's clear, right? Because of the way you're approaching it and doing your research and making sure that you're prepared to understand how to even implement it. But but let me talk about the idea of because you, you mentioned that you're clearly ordered towards awareness, right? But I find that again, a lot of the the people that I do business with and even a lot of the people that I kind of network with that the marketers, like really good marketers sometimes get trapped to the metrics. Sometimes they almost get like <laughs> ensnared and <laughs> enslaved to them, right? Or they're, mm-hmm. they, they're working for the metrics and not like the awareness and then connecting that awareness to some kind of sales event, right? In a more nuanced way. And I don't know what they're, I, you know, I, I almost feel it's a derivative of how rapidly marketing automation software has, has evolved because it, it's become so easy to manage those metrics that mm-hmm. that's all we, we pay attention to. I mean, what do you think about that, the idea? Can we as marketers get kind of enslaved to metrics if we're not careful? We definitely can, but I think we need to use um, the metrics there. And you know, I'm lucky that I partner with someone with an SAP who helps me with all the reporting because there's quite a bit there. I mean, it's its own job, right? It's like data scientists sure. looking at everything. But what we use it for, and not to be enslaved by, but use it for our benefit, is to um, steer our content strategy. So we, you know, we can look at things and be like, wow, someone only watched 10 minutes of this 20-minute video. Why? You know, why were people dropping off? Why weren't they you know, engaging with this? And maybe we can tweak it a little bit. And so that's why I'm not – I wouldn't say – you become enslaved to it, it's you have to use it to your yeah. benefit mm-hmm. and whip it into shape, so to speak. And there's ways of doing that. And um, But there's a lot out there. And that's why you have to either dig in and learn it yourself or partner with someone that totally understands it. And that's their job. Because I can't do everything. Sure. You know, I can't. Um, well, look, I like that, right? Because I, I think you're right. I think the only way to not become entrapped to, you know, serving the metrics is to actually put them to, to use, you know, yes. make them, you know, be utilitarian in your consumption of them rather than just, you know, serving the metrics to, to build them. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, because you, you stay on top of, it sounds to me anyway, like you're staying on top of, of the changes in the media landscape and they happen so quickly uh, it happens even faster today than it did even five years ago, which is hard to believe. 
because it was pretty fast five years ago, right? <laughs> I mean, what do you do to you know keep your game sharp, to stay on top of these things? And when do you decide, okay, we're going to try this new thing out or we're, we're not going to invest in that direction? I mean, you know, that that is a big task for a lot of people because the landscape is so vast and broad and if if you know if you blink you, you miss a, a new feature on instagram that you could have leveraged or or whatever it might be so what are you doing to stay on top of things and making those decisions to implement so i follow influencers like yourself um i follow different um there's a lot of facebook pages there's lots of websites where people congregate um there's a great like social media mastermind and live streaming mastermind or something like that on facebook uh, like joel Com is very big on that and so I follow all the people that are out there innovating. And the great thing is, boop, up in my feed, hey, did you see the latest blah, 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 because mm-hmm. I'm following these people. And mind you, I think, you know, my kids sometimes are like, get off your phone. But I have <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Like, it's not a matter of, oh, I got to see what my people are doing. I have so much fun learning and consuming anything that's new around, like, technology. And it excites me. It's fascinating. It's... um. And so for me, it's a natural, just like I'm constantly aware. And then how do I bring that into practice is let's, let's have other people test it. Let's see what they're doing. And I'll maybe test it on my own, which I've done in the past. I have kind of like some dummy um, Facebook pages where I would go and like, oh, let's do this broadcast and see how this looks. And maybe I'm using a new camera or a new microphone. And, you know, these are recommendations from people that, you know, are doing it. So I, I, it's the whole peer to peer stuff. It's recommendations out on social media and everyone likes to share. So I don't feel I'm falling behind. But the thing is, um, if you are someone out there in a big company and you kind of want to go the path that I'm doing, it takes work. You have to be dedicated to it. And, you know, with the lifestyle I live, you know, I'm very lucky that, um, I can work from home majority of the time and I have a very creative work schedule. So it seems like I'm working all the time, but then I get to have the life I like with my family and our adventures that we take. And I always just keep up to date. And that's my lifestyle. And not everyone likes that. Some people are like, I want to put it down on weekends. Mm -hmm. I do put it down, but I stay aware. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. And I agree with you, right? As far as testing it out and just kind of following and I think there's a, the, the danger, I think, for some people uh, is they don't want to get distracted, right? So there's certainly a fine line, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I also think that unless you're paying attention to it and willing to take those risks, it never happens, right? It never happens. And you, you're right. You have to take that risk. And mind you, be smart about it. Yeah. See what someone else did. Like, I can show an example. And I know, I know competitors are using what we're doing going, hey, look, look what they did. Let's try to do it better because obviously – as soon as we do a cool new project, in a day or two, it's dated. There's ways we could have done it better. Yep. And our competitors look at that. And so that's the best thing to do is see what else other people are doing out there and use that as your example and say, okay, but if we did it this way, look how much better it would be. I agree. Recycle. You know, I'm a, you know? I'm a big uh, Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I know that's kind of a cliche. Yeah. But, but what I love about what Gary Vaynerchuk does is that he is a master of media. And because and, I don't think, like, look, all his platitudes and his motivational stuff is great and all that. But I am just so fascinated by the way he manages media around his personal brand because – like his daily, I'm not sure if you ever watch his daily. Uh, oh yeah. Video, right. Oh yeah. But it is like it is quintessential what I think all leadership should be doing because it 
it really taps into the DNA. He did this whole episode once of his um, chief heart officer. They were having some growing pain, so he put a woman in charge of what he calls chief heart officer. You know, keep people happy, making sure they're mm. you know the comp is right and all that. It's like an HR kind of person, right? Yeah. But the entire you know half hour episode was all about her, and I was thinking, holy smokes, like this isn't like, people want to figure out and, and crack the code on employee engagement. And here, this guy who's this brash New York media guy, it had, dedicates an entire episode of his show to this one employee around employee engagement. It was, I thought it was brilliant, you know? So, I, you know, I don't know why I went off on that, but I just think that, that if, you know, we consume that type of, of media that we can then put it into practice. So we can't just consume it mindlessly. We have to consume it with some kind of purpose in mind. Definitely. No, purpose is important. It's funny. I did get to meet him once at uh, Social Media Marketing World a couple years ago. And this was like before I was really aware of like how big he was. And D-Rock at the time wasn't quite following him around like <laughs> yeah. he is now. But um, yeah, he is the master of uh, branding and media. And it's interesting. He moved into the same Hudson Yard building that SAP is. And I'm like, one of these days when I'm in New York, I'm going to bump into him in the elevator. <laughs> absolutely probably will and then you'll be on an episode (laughs) exactly uh well listen ursula i can't thank you enough i could i could go on and on but i'm always mindful of uh of my audience's time and my guest time so and i think you're headed for vacation tomorrow aren't you yes i am (laughs) i'm very excited i think right after i get off this call i'm gonna have a margarita which will give you indication of where i'm going (laughs) awesome and you're my last you're my last uh, thing i had to do today for um, uh great great well listen i hope you you have an awesome vacation and once again for the benefit of my audience we've been speaking with ursula ringham she's digital digital uh director of digital marketing sap does some tremendous work. Look her up. I'll certainly link her social feeds up in the show notes. But pay attention to what she's doing because you're going to learn something and you're also going to see the way that the execution needs to flow and then adopt it and, and steal those ideas and borrow them and do variations on a theme. And if you, you'll, you'll thank, listen, you'll thank both Ursula and me that we spent time today kind of giving you a window into how some of these things work at a gigantic company like SAP. So Ursula, can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, have a great vacation. I'll talk to you again soon. Great. Thank you so much, Joel.